the NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia from boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds. WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today. Bet $100. Get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That is sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. I'm just about that action, boss. You have to be kidding me. That is impossible. I'm raising the ante. Anybody wants it again? Back with another edition of the NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. No me, no the voice, no the guys. Me, really real villain, real Terrell Furman Jr. at your service. And we're talking Saturday NFC AFC divisional round. The one seeds in the divisional round both play this day. Got my guy Scott Studio Rice show with me. Scott, what's going on? Yeah, nothing much. Looking forward to going through the card. Uh, you mentioned one big point there, which was both one seeds are playing in this game. Definitely intentional to try to get the one seeds extra rest, assuming they do advance to their respective title games in the conference. That had to have been intentional, right? Oh, it was a hundred percent intentional. I mean, so they already had a week off, and you're telling me that they get the you know next closest day, like. I didn't say it was right. I'm I'm just acknowledging is there's no way it's a coincidence they have both one seeds playing on Saturday. Like that's definitely like agreed upon before if the If I'm anybody, if I'm the Cowboys, I'm livid. I think the Cowboys got a, a pretty raw deal. They got a the 49ers have a sh- a longer week, they have a shorter week. I think the Cowboys got the rawest deal out of everybody. Uh definitely true, but realistically the Niners were going to have a two-day advantage over the Cowboys no matter what. It just depended on what day they were going to play on. It's not really the Cowboys' fault. I mean, the Giants ended up winning, so that's how it ended up working itself out. But it is what it is, and the Cowboys, of course, played San Francisco. That's for a different show, though, not for ours. Instead, we're focusing on your team as the Giants are taking on the Eagles, we and you also guy, have... We got my team, my guy and my team. Like, yeah. And you uh, know, they, this almost didn't happen. I had to complain. I had to complain to make sure that this happened. Because I thought it was a travesty. No way. Patrick Mahomes and the Giants are playing on the same day in the playoffs. And I'm not on it. I have to be here. I have to be able to give you some reason, too. Like, I have to give you some reason. But more importantly, you need this content. And I'm going to give you some content. Because this right here, I'm not going to tip my hand too much. I'm not going to tip my hand too much. We're going to go game by game. Game by game. I'll I'll ask you this, though, since you are a Giants fan. Did you want to have the Saturday game or the Sunday game? If you had a choice, I think I like the I like the Saturday game just because we'll get that rest on the other end, like okay. that the rest before playing the NFC Championship game, like that is really really what's important. We can go a day, you know, a day without rest. That'll cut into a travel day, probably be um, a little bit of impact into one of the practices that we're gonna have. But, but you know, the Eagles are gonna be significantly more rested yeah. than you anyway, so it's not like that really changes. And it's not, and it's like we can go there. Whenever, like it yeah. doesn't have to be like 
on our travel day, first thing in the morning, you're getting on a flight and going. Like you can, they can leave in the afternoon, in the evening, and be set up, chilled out, rested enough to be able to play Philly the next day. So then the crowd, there's game. there should be some Giants fans in attendance. So it's not going to be fully Philly fans. Should be mostly Philly fans. We'll talk about that in a bit. But that was one of the reports that came out from McCarthy and the Cowboys. As soon as they got on the team bus out of Tampa, they were all looking at film for the Niners because they're already a couple days behind. So that was one of the reports that came out is that the Cowboys went straight to preparing for San Francisco. Sounds good on paper. Do you I still believe Mark mentally. <laughs> it's, not, well, it's not really a matter of that. It's just a matter of mentally being able to reset that quickly after winning a football game to immediately pivoting to San Francisco on the bus ride home. Like, that's a little bit much for me. It just, the timing in my mind that I'm thinking of how this thing's going, like, the next day is typically your film day, Mm -hmm. all of that. Then you got what? So what's that, Tuesday? Then you have today, what is Wednesday? So Wednesday, Thursday practice. You got to go cross-country. Yeah. So you're maybe, you know, you're staying there for practice Friday, getting on a plane. Mm -hmm. Friday night, but that that's cutting into it. Like you're running out of time there because I, I understand why the Cowboys are doing it because they feel like they got to maximize every minute that they have. But in reality, maybe you played sports in high school. You know, maybe you know how what it's like to be exhausted after you play for three hours. The last thing I'm going to be able to do is pay attention to watching film after I got smacked around on a football field for three hours. Yeah, I don't think I don't think the whole team is watching. That. No, I think they're passing out on the back of the bus. That's just my opinion. Yeah. But either way, you don't, your team doesn't have to worry about it because you had an easier time. And to be honest, your offense didn't get hit that much because Minnesota's defense doesn't exactly exist. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, this was really a it was a hell this of a was game. Really, like against yeah, it was a great game. But this was a thing that was against Minnesota this entire time, and Daniel Jones went in there, carved up the defense, and gave this team some well needed motivation going into a divisional round in Philadelphia. Ah, this team is fired up. Wink Martindale is telling coaches and telling teams that we're not doing interviews this week. I'm not doing interviews at all. You'll see me when we get out the playoffs. Oh, man, saying that this is where he wanted to be. This wasn't a stepping stone. This was a destination. How do you not want to go run through a brick wall for that? All right, let's not, because the Giants aren't the first game on the slate. First game on the slate are the Jacksonville Jaguars traveling to play the Kansas City Chiefs. In Kansas City, minus eight and a half is the line for the Chiefs. 53 is the total in a playoff game. It's come all the way up from 50 and a half. Injury report for these two teams that you have for the Chiefs. I can tell you as much as we know right now, which is who practiced, who didn't practice, who was limited in practice on Wednesday. So today on Wednesday, Legereus Sneed was full participant in practice. Sky Moore was a full participant in practice. Frank Clark was limited in practice. And Miko Hardman did not practice. For the Jacksonville Jaguars, Jamal Agnew was a limited participant. Uh, Kendrick Pryor, wide receiver, limited participant. Luke Fortner, offensive lineman, limited participant. Trevor Lawrence was a limited participant. Brandon Sheriff did not practice. And Ross Mastic. Mastic? Yeah, close enough. He didn't practice as well. (laughs) The long snapper, the long snapper for the Chiefs did not practice. Not Chiefs, but for the Jaguars did not practice as well. 
All right. Weather in Kansas City for Saturday looks like, wow. Okay, my weather report's normally right there. It's not there right now. That's all right. I can pull another one up right now. I can pull one up too. Um, let me see what I got here. Uh, for Saturday. It's going to be a little bit cold. It's about 40, uh, seven mile per hour winds, but no rain, no real issues. It's going to be 40 though. Yeah, it's a, it's a, a okay. It looks like what do I see? Seventy. It could be a lot worse. Let's put it that yeah. way for for Kansas yeah, it City. Could be January, worse. It's not it could windy. Be worse. It's not windy. Five mile per hour winds, but it looks like there is going to be some type of participation. About seventy percent chance, 70 percent chance. So rain and snow mix there. Like I, I said, see rain it's, it's, showing up around at around seven. So maybe okay. the second half. Yeah. So just keep that in mind. There might be some rain in the second half, but it should it be clear like for most Arrowhead. of the game. Like this sounds yeah. like Arrowhead weather for a playoff game. It really does. All right. Well, you know the Kansas City Chiefs had a bye beforehand. So last week, the Jacksonville Jaguars came back from 27 down. 27 to nothing in the first half at one point. Trevor Lawrence had four interceptions that first half. One touchdown came back the second half. Three touchdowns, no picks, and what was a classic, just a classic dropping the ball by Brandon Staley and the and the Los Angeles Chargers. I don't think they're going to fire him. It's no, a whole they're not. Story, they're not because they they fired the OC. They're getting rid of. They're blaming the coordinator on the. Yeah, if they yeah. were going to fire him, they would have just fired him, and the whole staff would have been gone, and somebody would come in and brought a new staff because they fired the OC. He's getting another year. That's what crazy. I gathered as well. I can't wait till first coach fired props open up next year because I have my first one. He's going to have a short lease, a very, very short leash. And watch I when I tell you that people that they bring on the staff this year, one of them people is going to be the interim coach next year for sure. They're already looking ahead. This, this Chargers team is screwed. But back to this game, are you buying into the first half of the Jags last week? Or are you buying into the second half of the Jags last week? Like, what is the, what is more like what they've been this season and what they're going to show in this game? Well, based on the last couple of weeks, you'd say the second half. But in reality, I personally think it's probably going to be somewhere in between. Jacksonville's been a sloppy team all season long. They make a lot of self-inflicted mistakes. They are able to overcome it because they were in the worst division or the second worst division in all of football because, you know, the NFC South might have something to say about it. Not a great year for football in the South. South but say. Yeah, they might. Uh, but either way, Jacksonville, I think that it's a great story. I think we'd agree they're ahead of schedule. I still don't think they're a great football team. Offensively, they got a lot of talent. Lawrence has been good for the most part for the last couple of months. Kirk's been very good despite the massive contract. He's kind of lived up to it. Zay Jones has been good. Even Ingram has been good. ETN's been pretty good when he's healthy. The point is, I do think that they have still been fortunate that they were in such a bad division. Kansas City's Kansas City. I just think that it's really a different animal. The Chargers are a team that you knew it was bad when the Jaguars scored right before half. And everybody on Twitter was saying, you know, the Jaguars are prob can probably win this game. Like, it's because they're against Brandon Staley. They did a good job of making adjustments in the second half. Maybe they'll keep this game close. 
in the regular season, Kansas City could have dominated, and they kind of took their foot off the gas there in the second half. They still won by 10. Kansas City's been playing really well lately, and Mm -hmm. they might be getting Edwards Hilarion back. Do I care? No, not really. I don't think Hilarion's that good. I think they're better off sticking with Pacheco and with Jarek McKinnon, but... I'm looking at Kansas City and I'm looking at the Jaguars and I think Kansas City is just a much better team. No offense to Jacksonville. It's a nice win. They got their feet wet. I think Lawrence will still make some mistakes. I think Mahomes is going to look very sharp at home and I'm going to go with the Chiefs. With the exception of the second half against the Bengals last year in the AFC title game, Mahomes has been virtually flawless at home in playoff games. I think they're going to be too much for Jacksonville's secondary to handle. I'm going with Kansas City. Oh, man. I mean, it is a relatively big spread for a playoff game. I'll admit that. But it is. And the Chiefs have not been good covering these numbers over the course of the entire season. Everybody knows that you got to pick your spot, your spots very well with them. And the public is on the dog. They are on the dog very, very heavy in this game. But this is one of the times that I'm sometimes they could be on it. But I'm this is one of the times I don't think they're on it. I just don't see where the Jaguars are going to be able to win in this game, in a playoff game in Arrowhead at this point in time, because this is going to be an extremely physical game in cold weather. And both the offensive and defensive line for the Kansas City Chiefs are far superior than anything that Jacksonville is putting out against them. Mm. Like when you talk about Chris Jones, who is number one over the course of the season and highest pass rush win weight as a, a defensive tackle, and he's even beating out names like Dexter Lawrence, who we'll talk about a little bit later. He's getting in inside in the middle. You got Frank Clark. You got uh, what's that rookie that they got? Um, Carl Loftus. Yes, really good coming off the edge, and so I have a lot of concern for Trevor Lawrence. And if we look at what he did in that first half, I think it could be something similar if he doesn't get time in the pocket. And I don't think that this offensive line is going to be able to give him much time against this key, this Chiefs I, front. I just think it's going to be really difficult to touch on your point with the defensive line for Kansas City. I don't think you're going to be able to go into Kansas City in colder environment. 40 is not bad, but when you play home games in Jacksonville, it's not exactly ideal. No. I think Jacksonville is going to lose the turnover battle. And I don't think you can go into Arrowhead against Patrick Mahomes and lose the turnover battle and win or even remain competitive. I think Kansas City is going to be able to exploit the secondary. I think Lawrence will throw a pick or two. I think this could be a masterclass by Mahomes day because of the fact that if you did you see the all pro list? Yeah, the first team, second team, Mm -hmm. the whole Kansas City Chiefs offensive line was up there. Yeah. Two years ago, never even thought of. And they we should they about, should be up there. They've been great all year. Yeah, they've been amazing all year. But two years ago, we're talking about how they're the reason that they lost that Super Bowl. Yeah. And they had almost the entire offensive line on first and second team, all pro. I, I don't know how, how they're even going to think to even combat Patrick Mahomes and his offense because – he has so many options he can go to. He can literally sit in the pocket and pick which option he wants to go to, which I think hitting props in this game, at least receiving yards, is going to be a little bit difficult because the fact that he's going to have all day to throw, he can hit the open man every single time. He doesn't have to pigeonhole it to one guy. Yeah, but do you agree with my point about the turnover battle? Like, I don't know how Kansas City is going to lose a turnover battle in this game. No, I don't. I truly don't think so at all. I, I have no idea. 
And people always seem to mention it, but they forget about it in the playoffs. Why the hell would I ever bet against Andy Reid off a bye? Very true. We've been talking about this for like 10, 15 years. Yeah, very Why would I bother? Creed Humphrey and Joe Thune, the guard and center for Kansas City, both number one at their position in pass block win rate. Thune's been especially great. I feel like they had somebody else that was up there high on that list. No. Oh, yeah. The other one is Lane Johnson, of course. All right. Man, I I just don't see it. Like, there's people out there that, that are telling you to bet the Jags because of what they saw last week, because the Kansas City Chiefs have been so bad to this number, like this number specifically, when you get over a touchdown into the eight, the nine, the 10 category. The they've been better really, lately. Really they, they did beat yeah, Seattle. No, no. They've been better. They've yeah. been better lately, but they also told you to fade them in those games. Yeah. I remember when they were playing the Raiders and they said, don't take that line against the Raiders. Take the Raiders. And money came, money poured in on the Raiders right before the game and they got smacked. Yeah. And we sat here on this show and said, no, take the Chiefs. I know what I know what it says. Take the Chiefs. Uh, all I know is I'm not going against Andy Reid off a bye at home. That's no. just not going to happen. If they're going to choke the game, it would be the AFC title game. But Jacksonville, I don't think is good enough. And once again, congrats to them. They won a playoff game. They did a great job of winning a very, very weak division. This is Kansas City we're talking about. Like It's a completely different animal. And I think that you're going to end up seeing something kind of like what we saw in that Seattle game against the Niners, where it might be close for a half. And then one team realizes we're better than you at everything, and they're going to run it on them. I think that the Chiefs win this game by double digits. I think it might be fun. Maybe you'll see some points. I kind of like the under in this game. I can't take an over 52 and a half, 53 when the regular season meeting landed 44. That I can't do. But the fact that Jacksonville only scored 17 points against this Kansas City defense is extremely concerning for me. I'm going to go with Kansas City in the under. I think you'll see the Jaguars struggle more offensively than people might think. I think they'll struggle offensively. They might wake up in the second half in garbage time, potentially, which is a concern. But I'm not even thinking about that. I'm trying to convince myself that the Chiefs don't put up 40. Like, okay. if I, like seriously, what stalls a drive for the Chiefs? It has to be themselves. I can't think of anything yeah. that that Jacksonville is going to win at. I don't, they're not going to win by getting to Mahomes. It's more of the Chiefs' inability to generate huge plays. All season long, they've kind of had to nickel and dime it down the field, and they've had a lot of long, long drives, both in terms of yards and in terms of clock. I think they're going to get to 30. I just have some type of 30-17, 31-17 type game. I think they win by two touchdowns. They could go for 40. You could be right. Uh, I'm, I'm going to hope that they get held to like 30. I'm not playing the 53. I want to play the over just because I think the Chiefs could almost get there by the, on the, excuse me, could almost get there by themselves. I'd rather I take a team total. Play, I don't want to play 53. Yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm pulling up right now because I don't want to play 53. Uh, I just feel like I lost too much on the total already. I'd rather play the one and a half points that I probably lost in Kansas City. Yeah, so Kansas City's at 31. It's going to be 31 and 23, give or take, or 22 and a half. Yeah. And the total for Jacksonville is too high. No, yeah, you're right. It's 31, and it's 21 and a half for Jacksonville. 
21 and a half. Okay, that, okay that's, so, a little, that's a so little bit of a robbery. But Jacksonville okay. doesn't get to 21. Yeah. Jacksonville doesn't get to 21. Mathematically speaking, the 21 and a half is a bit of a robbery, though. It should be like 22 and a half, but still, I don't think they get there either. Man. All right. Might be a decent live team total opportunity. Kansas City all year long has been very good early in games, and they try to drain clock the entire fourth quarter, which is exactly what happened in this first meeting in the regular season against the Jacksonville team. I don't mind Kansas City first half team total over. I think they come out and they immediately blitz them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I would play that. Let me see if I can find that right here. Uh, It's probably going to be 14 and a half, if I had to guess. Or Because usually you see a higher total for the second half because... You have more clock stoppages, et cetera. But so Chiefs, first half, 16. It's 16, okay. Either way, I think I'll they're going to score two touchdowns yeah. and a field goal. Yeah, definitely. I I think I see, I see 15. First quarter. I see 15 I think, and a half. I think they could do that in the first quarter. Like, I'm serious. I know the Chiefs, you know, they had those long drives. They're, it's more of possession, PPR, bunch of PPR receptions, rather than the big play that we're used to seeing a Tyreek Hill or anything like that. But I really don't know what can stop them, which is really confusing because I'm so convicted on the Chiefs, yet the public is all over Jacksonville. And I just I just assume that the public is a shitty better. That's what it is. By the way, um, I, I saw 15 and a half for the first half team total for the Chiefs. I love it because Butker might miss an extra point. Not a fan of him as a kicker. So I'll, I'll take the extra insurance <laughs> for an extra point there. He's been, he's been banged up this year. Yeah, I know, but that's the problem. I just saw Maher miss four extra points, and that killed the full game total for people on Monday Night Football. So I'll go with the 15 and a half for Kansas City's first half team total. I pulled up the numbers, by the way. Andy Reid off the bye. To go through the numbers, he has had 31 games, including the playoffs, off a bye. Do you want to guess his straight-up record? 31 game sample size. 28 and... Three. I wait. Hold on. Don't tell me because let me because Andy Reid coached for the Eagles and he coached for the Chiefs. Let me try to think of when. No. So they lost to Brady in the championship. So they would have won off the bye there. They. I think they came took one L with Alex Smith. So that's a for sure one. Yeah, I'm going with twenty eight and three. Twenty seven and four. Ah, damn it. I mean, it goes back to his time in Philly. They had a couple one and done years, but yeah, twenty seven and four off the bye. Twenty-seven and four off the bye. It's insane. It's insane. I, that I can't. I have to at least bring that up because Reed is probably the all-time best coach off a of bye, besides maybe Belichick, but probably still Reed. People might forget about that. Don't forget about that. I got to mention it. Twenty-four and threes. Twenty-seven and four. I mean, it's crazy. Somebody's out there telling people to lay uh, one thousand five hundred dollars on the minus four fifty money line. Now the real move is you wait till they're up fourteen nothing, and then you bet one point four million to win about a ten grand, right? <laughs> I feel so bad for that guy. That's no, so I rough. I didn't feel bad at all because I feel bad. Idiot. No, I didn't feel bad at all because he's a fucking idiot. He could be an idiot too, but I feel bad. Whatever, I don't feel bad for stupid idiocracy. All right, let's talk about first touchdown before we get to the next game. You want me to go first or you want to go first? 
Yeah, you'd go first. Little Jarrett McKinnon. I'm just I just looked and saw Little Jarrett McKinnon at seven one. I, I can't take that anymore. I had a great time when it was ten to one, give or take the last couple of weeks. I can't take that anymore. I, I think the value's gone from it. Unless you want to make it one. No, ten to one is my limit. Ten to yeah. one is like it ha- that's where I the bottom of the barrel that I'd go. And I'd rarely go there. I really prefer the twenty one mores. Yeah, the only time I'll ever go there is like Derrick Henry, potentially, and that that's also a bit of a stretch at times. But I'm going to read off the four. I got two apiece, uh, two for the Jaguars, two for Kansas City. I think Kansas City probably scores first, but Jacksonville is good enough offensively. They could score if they get the ball. So going in order from the road team to the home team, I got Christian Kirk at 15 to one. I can't really pass up on him. He's been the main weapon for Jacksonville for the last couple of weeks. They paid him a bunch of money in the offseason, and he's been good. I got Trevor Lawrence at 30 to one. He's been very active, especially with the rushing touchdowns. I believe he has five rushing touchdowns on the season. So he's been very solid in red zone situations. I'll take him at 30 to one. I got Kadarius Tony at 14 to one. I had to pivot off of McKinnon. We've seen Tony get involved in some BS jet sweep touch pass touchdowns. He had a carry against the Raiders for a touchdown after they ran the, I don't know, ring around the rosy screen pass, whatever you want to call it, in the huddle. They had back-to-back touchdowns for Tony. One of them didn't count, of course, but they scored on the next play anyway. And I got Mahomes at 22-1. to He's mobile. He can scramble. He can figure it out. I was going to take Ronald Jones, but Hilaire's back. So I don't know if they're going to make Jones a healthy scratch. So I'm not interested. I looked for Hilaire. I didn't see any odds on him, but I thought about it. Instead, I'll go with Mahomes at 22-1. to So I got both quarterbacks, Christian Kirk and Kadarius Tony. All right. I'm going both quarterbacks, too. I can't get out of that. I was going to pivot, but then I saw Lawrence had five rushing touchdowns, and I couldn't avoid it. Yeah. I'm going Jamal Agnew at 43-1. to Okay. Because if Jacksonville scores, it's a good possibility that it's Jamal Agnew or like a – a good return yeah good return probably one of the few punts that the chiefs actually do make he has a chance of taking it back so or a kickoff who knows hopefully like the first first game kickoff on some bills type thing yeah i I would love to see that or like freaking devin hester in the super bowl can't say his defense at 27 to 1 through four picks, man. Come on, I can't forget that. In the first I, half, yeah. I, I really don't even think it's a – I don't think it's a uh, pick six. I think it's a, a scoop and score. It could be. It's a scoop and score. Because that defensive line is nasty for the Chiefs, man. Like, that mm-hmm. defensive line is really, really nasty. That's why That's why I have them as, you know, my AFC pick to go to the Super Bowl because in the trenches, they're really nasty on the defensive line. They're really nasty on the offensive line, and that's how games are won. All right. Let's see here. Before we get to the next game, I got to talk to you about our official sports book of Sports Gaming Podcast Network, and that is WinBet. They're active in a bunch of states and include so many ways to win where you do your regular pregame betting, you can live bet, you can do same game parlays in the win, build your own bet feature. Playoffs are here, so you can. You can actually use the NFL playoffs to hit this crazy biggest long shot parlay of the week. And if you have the parlay with the longest odds, doesn't matter what you put on it. You could put $1 on it, you could put $100 on it. But if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you will get 
a thousand dollar free credit from win bet i'm letting you know i'm putting my parlays in so y'all better get ready i'm already i got some spots in the nba i like tonight too i'm gonna put them together maybe with football this weekend i'm gonna try to hit an insane parlay and cash that thousand dollar free credit ready to play sign up over at win bet and receive a special offer bet $100 get a $100 limited state availability so much choose from all you have to do is head over to sports gambling podcast.com slash win bet that is sports gambling sports gambling podcast.com slash w-y-n-n-b-e-t our subject change terms and conditions at winbet.com as return your order and present state where play through win bet is available if you or someone you know has a gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 finally finally you know, I've been looking to get in front of a microphone and talk about this game all week. The New York football giants are going on the road to play the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC divisional round playoffs. Eagles are laying seven and a half at home. 48 is the total. Totals come up from 46 and a half. Injury report for these two teams and... For the New York Giants, you have Landon Collins, who was a limited participant in practice Tuesday. He was limited in Wednesday. You have Isaiah Hodgins, who was limited Tuesday and Wednesday. You have Dory Jackson. If you didn't see it, Isaiah Hodgins' ankle after he gave eight catches for 105 and a touchdown. Oh, that's a dog right there. Dory Jackson has a back injury. He was limited Tuesday, full participant on Wednesday. Julian Love, safety, limited participant Wednesday and, th- and Tuesday. Fabian Monroe, Aziz Lujuare, Jason Pinnock. Well, Pinnock was actually a full participant Tuesday and Wednesday. Moreau and Lujuare were limited participants Tuesday and Wednesday. You're assuming that pretty much everybody's going to play. Yeah, last let's week be, let's everybody be real. was healthy. I mean, For the last week, everybody was healthy. Now, there was a couple of things. Uh, Lujuare had, I think it was a groin yeah. injury. Uh, I think he left in the second quarter, I think. Yeah, yeah. So after the game, they did some tests, and it looks like he is going to be a full go. I think the only person that I'm really concerned about is just what do things look like after a week off? Well, not really a week off, but a week of downtime for Isaiah Hodges in that ankle. And uh, really the other person was Pinnock, but Pinnock looks like he was he – was, because he looked like he really, really messed himself up. The fact that they're practicing is a good sign. Yeah, so Pinnock is in full practice. I think he's going to be good to go. But I really think Hodgins was like the person that I'm trustful of everybody on the defense that they're going to go. All right, for the Eagles, of course the Eagles didn't update Wednesday's practice. Freaking bums. All right, Tuesday practice, Avante Maddox did not practice. That's big. That's their slot corner. That's I think there's a decent chance he does not play. His injury was yeah. pretty rough. Yeah, if he doesn't go, that's going to be really big for us. And Lane, Lane Johnson, Johnson should play, but I don't know yeah. how effective he's going to be. That was the next thing I was going to say. Lane Johnson was limited in practice. That's going to be huge for them. They need him in this game. But well, even with him playing, he needs surgery. He admitted yeah. he needs surgery. Yeah, he's just so... delaying it. So I don't know how he's going to look. Linville Joseph and Robert Quinn on the defensive line, both limited in practice. They're going to be expected to play. I'm going to let you go first. Okay. So for this one, I am going to go with the Giants. 
plus the points. I think the spread's a little bit too large. I'm aware that Philly was up by a lot in the first half against the Giants D squad and then apparently got bored and Davis Webb actually made a game out of it. But I'm not a fan of how the Eagles play to end the season. And yes, I know that Hurts missed a couple games. And you had Minshew in there. I get it. They couldn't score against New Orleans. They still gave up 40 to Dallas. That had nothing to do with Jalen Hurts. Uh, you can talk about turnovers, but the Eagles defense was not very good. Maddox got injured and they really just did not look great to end the year. They even gave up a touchdown to Kenny Galladay. You know how hard it is to give up a touchdown to Kenny Galladay <laughs> to end the season? That, 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 that's rough. But I think the Giants are good enough to keep this game close. Yes, I know at full strength, Philly was able to beat the crap out of this team by 20-plus in MetLife. Philly's not at full strength. We said Maddox might not play. Lane Johnson, he might play. In spirit, I don't know how effective he's going to be. And we saw New Orleans really dominate the line of scrimmage. And yes, I know that Philly wants to run the ball. And the Giants defense, to be honest, wasn't very good against Minnesota. It was good enough at the late stages of the fourth quarter, but it wasn't a great defensive performance by them. I still wonder how Hurts is going to look in, I'd say, in this game when, truth is, week 18, did he look that good? No, I I thought Hurts looked pretty mediocre, to be honest with you. Do you see anything Hurts did in that Week 18 game? Because I didn't see much. No, no. So I think Hurts is okay. Do I think he's going to look amazing? No, I don't see him having a master class like he did in the first meeting against the Giants. Maddox is out, which is a big deal. Now, you mentioned the ankle for Hodgins, and that's a big deal because he's a very solid player. But I think the Giants can keep this game close. I For a spread of seven and a half... First of all, I don't I don't buy into the narrative of it's very tough to beat a team three times. I think if you're just a much better team, you're the much better team. I just think Philly was playing its best football two, three months ago, and it kind of limped its way to the finish line. And as a result, I feel like they're being priced based on their overall season as opposed to their last month and change. And I think that's why the Eagles are overvalued. The Giants, though, I love Dable as a coach. Great coach. I love the coordinators with Martindale and with Kafka. They got a very good coaching staff. Daniel Jones's mobility can keep this game interesting. And Barkley can maybe run wild. We'll see what happens. But I think the Giants are good enough to keep this game close. And I think Dable, like most great coaches do, they find a way to give their team a fighting chance. Do I think the Giants are going to win? I didn't officially say that. I think it's going to be very close. But I see this being a one-possession game. I'll take the seven and a half with the Giants. Okay. I feel like we're going to see eye to eye, but you're going to go above and beyond on a couple points. But I think we're kind of, you can, we're kind of on the same boat for some of my points. I think we can agree on that. Yes. Yes, we can. All right. I'd like to start the conversation with the fact that since 1990, the New York Giants are six and zero against one season of playoff. And continue. I'm trying to think of how many of them being the Packers and the Niners. You have two for the Packers, two for the Niners, maybe? I believe it is two for the Niners. Okay. And one for the Cowboys. Yeah. And I'm not. Cowboys was 07. This one is. I'm, try, I'm trying to think of the other one. Yeah, okay. Yes, where Jerry Jones went and so elegantly placed tickets to the NFC Championship game into every player's locker before. Well, Tony Romo was comfortable. He went to Cabo the weekend before. 
I'm assuming you know that story, the Cabo yes, story. I do. I do. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get, I'm not trying to. Shout out to Jessica Simpson. Listeners. Try not to scream at our listeners. Just either. saying, shout out to Jessica Simpson. All right. Yeah. Can move on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let me just read off some people that did not play the earlier matchup this year. Adore Jackson didn't play. Starting best corner on the team didn't play. Leonard Williams did not play. Big inside and uh defensive tackle he didn't play in this game uh, i believe that this was aziz alujuare's first game back so defensive lineman starting i think that was his first game back and we were missing a starting offensive lineman shane lemire he was out for this game as well didn't get anything going in the run game this is week 14 i'm talking about I'm not talking about the d squad that almost went into philly and got a win They are completely overlooking us. Do you know that there are Philadelphia Eagles fans that were cheering, cheering to see us? Although you didn't even mention it. I'm pretty sure Thibodeau didn't play in that game. He did. I th- I don't see any stats for Thibodeau in this game. Oh, you did? Well, maybe I see zero I stats. See on the, I don't see him on the injury report. If he played, play. he didn't do anything because I don't see any stats for him intact. And either way, that's not going to happen again. So I'm just throwing it out there. I don't see any stats for Thibodeau in that game. Saquon Barkley was on injury report with the neck that week. He had a very rough game that week. And then every week after that game, he is average 4.86, And uh, what was that? 5.9 yards per carry. Mm-hmm. Hasn't gotten all the volume one because they haven't needed it. They've been more of a pass first team. But well, they faced Minnesota twice, so they didn't need to run the ball because Minnesota yeah. had one of the worst pass defenses of all time. So yeah, and still averaged six yards per carry both games. Any two touchdowns, five yard per five yards per carry in two other games other than that. that. So Philadelphia sports the twenty first ranked run defense in rush DVOA. They have been a terrible run defense all year. The game plan is simple. So simple. Good defense. Run the ball. Catch the ball in third down. Keep the drive going. I was going to say limit mistakes, but that too. Oh, oh, the mistakes are already limited. You don't have to worry about that because Danny Dimes has been locked in to not making mistakes. Oh, I, I, I don't even mean by interceptions. I mean mistakes as in just making sure you pick up the oh, right yeah. assignments, making sure you yeah. do all those small stuff. And all the little things. But I am completely have faith in Wink Martindale that this defense is going to be right. He's going to dial something up for Jalen Hurts. He's going to make Jalen Hurts question himself as a passer this game because we have the athletes that showed us that last week. And what they put together last week, they have the athletes that can very much keep up with the speedy Jalen Hurts with the speedy guys on this offense. Like I, the first week, the first game of them dropping forty eight, that's not going to happen. This I think this is a defensive masterclass of a game. I think there's two keys or two important matchups I got to mention for the Giants, but I'll get to that after you finish your point. I I think that this is a defensive masterclass of a game. I think that. The pass rush, when you talk about having all four of those guys on that line, and now you have a wounded animal, a wounded animal, and you have a lion targeting him and Kayvon Thibodeau and Lou Girari. Lane Johnson is going to give up his first sack. He's going, he should not play in this game. 
Because I'm pretty sure he hasn't given up a sack in his career. I'm pretty sure that's the stat. If it's not, it's like in his entire career. That I doubt. It was something crazy. It was something maybe in like like the last year or so. But his career, there's no way he hasn't given up a sack in his entire career. Like that just sounds absurd. It was something crazy. I gotta figure out. I gotta find what that stat was. What that stat was. But it was something insane. Either way, it's not taking away that we all acknowledge him as probably one of the greatest tackles of all time, and he's definitely a first ballot Hall of Famer when it happens. Yeah. If he goes out there on one leg and you're telling me that if he hits one stanky leg, he's going to the ground and not coming back up, he's going to have a long day with Illusuari and Thibodeau. An extremely long day. By the way, Johnson's Johnson's allowed no sacks this year. He has committed six penalties. So he has actually had some penalty issues, but the sacks have been cleaned this season. What is Thibodeau and Illusionary to record a sack? I know it's plus money. It's probably like two to one, three to one, something like that. By the way, I have the stat I think you're referring to. Uh, This was from December 22nd. Johnson set the record for most consecutive pass plays without allowing an interception. He hasn't allowed a sack in four years. Four years. And you really want to play us like that? Like, you you dare play us like that? I don't know what percentage he's at. He, he might be at, like, 40%, if that. It's not good. When you hear the words, I need surgery, and it's a pretty serious body part, and you're going to play anyway, that's not exactly a good sign, especially to move laterally. I, I don't know how sharp he's going to look. I'm assuming not sharp at all. Thibodeau to quarter sack is, is uh, what is that, plus 135. I'm not even I sure if I like those odds. I don't. I don't. I, I, I'm waiting to see Illusionary. When Illusionary pops up after getting off the injury report at the end of the week, he should definitely be in probably the 2-1 to one range, and I would play that one. So I'm going to toss out the second meeting because I don't think I can really learn much when the Giants no, bench the it, entire it team. The only thing that we could talk about in the second meeting is the fact of, do you think that Jalen Hurts is ready after playing that game for the only game in the entire month? In four weeks, that is the only game that he has played. Is he ready to go into and play a playoff game? I think he's going to be a bit rusty. But the main takeaways I wanted to mention from the first game are the main matchups I got to bring up. Philly's ground game against the Giants defensive line. You mentioned that there should be a better defensive scheme for the Giants. I am going to read the numbers, though. In that 48-point game, Philly had 253 rushing yards 8.2 8.2 yards per carry and four mm-hmm. rushing touchdowns. I got to bring that up first down. Yeah. And and thank you for keeping me honest. But this is when I tell you that Wayne fucking Martindale is going to have his entire allotment, the entire defense. He's going to have every play at his disposal. And this is really where, well, I'm not going to lie. I'm not questioning us against whoever we place, we face in the NFC championship. But they're going to have an allotment of plays to look at because Wink Martindale is pulling out all of the stops for an away game in Philly, division rival, third time you're meeting this season. Haven't beaten them in freaking, what, the last three meetings, I think it is? I think so. He's going to dial up a defense that's going to want – he's probably going to do exactly what he does, what he's done decently throughout majority of the season, which is having everybody on the line of scrimmage and making Jalen Hurts pay any, mini money, mo. 
who's going back, who's dropping in college, who's blitzing, who's rushing, who's doing that. And plays like that rattled Lamar Jackson. He'd rattled a lot of quarterbacks like that. I I just think that this is going to be less about the talent on the Giants defense and more about the scheme and what they scheme up and how the players have bought into his scheme and understand what he's doing and they're all the way into it. So, yeah. Is is Philly's secondary better on paper? Yes, they are going to be an issue. Defensive line. Yes, very very good defensive front. Now, they're not going to have Josh Sweat in this game. He's out for the rest of the season. That's big. But I don't think that after a I I, I don't see off, Sweat on the injury report. I think he's I think he's going to play. No, I could have sworn he was out for the season. I'm looking at a Rotowire that play? they said on Rotowire he's expected to be a full go for Saturday's game. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I thought that uh, he was done. But he's not on the injury report. At yeah, least, he's not. according he's not to yesterday, he wasn't. Report. So I'm assuming Sweat's going to play. Yes. Quote from him himself. Yeah, absolutely. When asked about this weekend's playoff return. Okay. okay. So that's a big. That's a big get back for them. So this is going to be a tough game. I think this is a that even adds to my point of I think this is an extremely defensive game on both sides of the ball. I think that they're going they're going to get pressure and going to get pressure in Daniel Jones. It's going to be on Daniel Jones if what he can do when that pressure comes, how quickly can he bail out on a play and just go get whatever with his legs? Because you saw it last week with Minnesota. He was not afraid to say, "All right, fuck it, this play isn't here. I'm running." So give me an under. I'll take the under forty eight. I think that the public is wrong there, backing over. Even though I know what the Giants can do, I know the defense has given up points. Even though they come up big in spots, they've given up a lot of points. Give me the under. I think neither team gets to 20 points in this game. Neither team getting to 20 is a bit sick. I'm going to go with the under as well. Uh, I think this game's going to get into the 40s, but I think 48 is too high. You're looking at the Giants, and you mentioned... 13 Giants. You mentioned my last point, which is going to be a real just key to the Giants' defense. I think they'll give up yards, but the Giants have the seventh best opponent red zone touchdown percentage. Yes. They are only allowing touchdowns on 50.75% of opponent drives in the red zone. So they're very good at forcing field goals. And I think that's going to be a real key to this game for the Giants. The concern I have for the Giants offense is the offensive line. They gave up seven sacks against the Eagles uh, in the first meeting. Sweat's going to play. We mentioned how Quinn and some of the other defensive linemen are banged up, so keep an eye on it. But the main two matchups I'm really looking at are the trenches. Can Philly run the ball down their throats, and can the Giants pass protect? That's really the main two matchups I'm interested in. Both units for Philly are a bit injured, with Lane Johnson and with some of the defensive linemen being potentially out for Philly. So I think the Giants will be able... On, to hang. Jordan Davis has been on and off the injury report for a while. I think the Giants will hang in there. I still think they'll probably lose those matchups, which is why I'm leaning to Philly to win. But if the Giants win this game, I will not be shocked. I think this game is a lot more is a lot closer than people think. But if I'm a, if you're asking me for a score, give me a 23-20 game for Philly. But I think it's very close. No oh, man, I think this I think this soars under. I think that. This is. Oh, I mean, NFC. It, it, I have it going under too. NFC so East football, like it's going to be NFC East football for sure. And the fact that, um, it's going to be in the trenches, and mm-hmm. I think that there's going to be a lot of drives that stall out. There's going to be turnovers. There's going to be physicality, penalties, all of this stuff. I think that 
Eagles probably will set themselves back. And I think that's really how we'll give up yards. But you go and you're on second and what, second and seven, second and six, and you get a 10-yard holding penalty and you're going back to second and 16. That kills the entire drive. Yeah, that's that's hard to make up. So I think it's a lot of stuff like that, and they stall out that offense. And then we know how the Giants can – play with their food, play slow sometimes, not really put up a bunch of points. That's where I got to the 17-13 game. I love the under in this game, but I, I do think this game will be very close. So um, we're, we're agreeing on the same picks. We're just disagreeing yeah. on who's going to win the game. Yeah. All right. First touchdown for this game. Would you like you want to go first this time? You want me to do it? You can go again. All right. So... Once again, I'm going to start off with the road team. I got two and two. I actually have three players at exactly 22 to one odds. I don't know how that worked itself out, but I guess that's just the magic number for this episode. Mm-hmm. So Darius Slayton is 22 to one. I'm going to take him. Hodges also 22 to one. Those are my two options for the Giants. Philly, I know that they're not the greatest against the run, but the secondary's had some issues recently and I do think that with Slayton and Hodgins being the main two options in the pass game for the Giants 22 to 1 on each of them is a good price so I'll take those two for Philly I have Dallas Goddard at 12 to 1 I think that he can have some success against the Giants linebacking core he had six catches I believe last game against the Giants in week 18 so Goddard has been a pretty steady volume guy against the Giants in the past I like him at 12 to 1 and obviously, I'm taking Boston Scott at 22 to one. I don't have a choice. I, I have to. He scores a touchdown every time he plays against the Giants. It feels like Philly knows it because they keep giving him the ball against the Giants, and then they don't give him the ball against anybody else. So I got to take Boston Scott at 22 to one. But those are my four. I got three at 22 to one. I got Dallas Goddard at 12 to one. All right, let me know what you got for these prices because it sounds like you got better prices for me. What is Richie James? Okay. Uh, let me just pull that up quickly. I have well, eighteen to one. You have eighteen. Okay. Um, I'm gonna have to pull up a couple oh, of yeah, books. You're good. Uh, uh, Richie James. So I'm going Richie James eighteen to one, and I'm going Daniel Bellinger twenty six to one. Richie James, him and uh, Isaiah Hodgins kind of interchange out of that slot position. One time it'll be him. One time it'll be Hodgins. They've been pretty good at rotating those guys. Do you think Hodgins gets less work because of the ankle, or do you think they just tell him we oh, need no, you out there? No. Yeah, no, that's what he, I thought. He's plays. He's too good. Like he's too mm-hmm. good and so consistent that they have to use him no matter what his ankles on. And again, on that ankle, he gave us eight one hundred five and a touchdown. Like so, uh, I trust Hodgins to be good either way. I just going James here just because he's he's been Daniel Jones' guy for majority of the year, and they found some more trust in him after that brutal fumble. Uh, both the brutal fumbles against the uh Kansas, not Kansas, but the Seattle Seahawks. So. Richie James coming in the slot, getting a touchdown, and Daniel Bellinger just because how you attack Philadelphia's defense, you don't go for the outside corners. You go through the middle of the field, and Daniel Bellinger's been a really, really good tight end. Like, he's really, really good tight end for us this year. And just reminds me of rookie Kevin Boss coming in for Jeremy Shockey, who got injured early in the season. And Kevin Boss as a rookie, um, huge for us in that 2007 run as a tight end and being a check down option for Eli Manning I think Bellinger is kind of filling that same role for Daniel Jones here so I like Bellinger to get in first touchdown as well for- okay well okay so you said your odds were what for James 18 to 1 I found 28 to 1 yeah 28 to 1 and Bellinger 
Uh, what was the odds that you said there? 26 to 1. Okay, let me see what I can get for Bellinger. Uh, sorry. Uh, it's all right. I can go through the Eagles. Eagles, I'm going to... Bellinger, I see 30 to 1. 30 to 1. All right. Dallas Goddard is 12 to 1. Okay. So we're overlapping on Goddard. Okay, cool. Yeah, we suck against tight end, man. I can't I can't get out of that. I actually found 13 to 1. So yeah, I'm going to so update that on the fly. And that's my number, too. So I like that. I'm assuming I, you're also going to have Boston Scott, right? No, I'm not going with Boston Really? That's surprising. Everybody's, everybody's going with Boston Scott. This isn't a regular season game. This is a playoff game. It's not. Okay. Yes, he thinks it's going to be sweet this time around. It's not going to be sweet this time around. So I'm not going Boston Scott. I'm actually going Kenny Gainwell. It's probably everybody thinking it's Scott. It's probably Gainwell. I'm going Kenny Gainwell at 21 to 1. Okay. I'm trying to see if I can find a better price for Gainwell. I found 22. Can I find anything else? Uh, I don't even know if one book has Gainwell. And if you want a sneaky, another sneaky play, just, well, it's not even sneaky because the odds are so freaking juiced on on Philly's side of ball. But Quez Watkins, he's one of those guys that can get behind the defense, and I can see us making some kind of dumbass mistake there. Yeah, I see 22 to 1, best odds on Gainwell. All right. It's crazy him and Scott, both the same price. I feel like one should be larger than the other. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I wasn't going to take Miles Sanders. That's too obvious. So I was going to pivot off of him and Hurts. Let's go ahead and get into our three props for this week. I will kick things off with... Let's see who I want to go first. Yeah, I'm going uh, back to talking about the Eagles against the tight end. Darren Bellinger over 22 and a half receiving yards. And it's just... I This is where I expect... I don't expect them to have some kind of crazy, like we probably get this barely over on a couple of catches or something. Oh, like, like that, three right? catches, eight yards a piece or something. Yeah, something like that. But he's a, he's really good at getting open and getting out in space. He can catch the ball and he's able to turn around and just move upfield. Like he doesn't try to do too much. He's not one of those crazy pass catching tight ends. We talk about the Kyle Pitts, the Travis Kelsey's. You know, Mark Andrews, no, he's a guy that gets the ball in his hands and he just does what he needs to do to push the ball forward. So whip the fact that you're looking at James Bradbury and Darius Slay on two opposite sides, one probably one or the other is probably going to be on Slayton for majority of the game. And then, you know, the other one will probably see some, some Hodgins, probably see some Richie James. You know, we have a lot of options on the outside that they're not going to have somebody just shadow one person. Like this going to be Slay has his side. Bradbury has his side. I think the middle of the field is going to be wide open and Bellinger is still a mismatch for, most safeties in the league, and I think he's a mismatch for the safeties that the Eagles have. So, yeah, I'm going Belgium over 22 and a half receiving yards. I think it's going to be easier if you just give all three and then I'll give all three. All right. Next up for staying in this game, Saquon Barkley over 70 and a half rushing yards. It's a very this conservative a, number. Very, very conservative. I understand because he hasn't. I don't remember the last time. Matter of fact, when is the last time we gave him given Saquon 20 plus carries? Hasn't been since week 10 at Houston. Well, versus Houston, 35 carries, 152 yards. When I say when Saquon gets going this game, he's not going to stop. This Eagles team has struggled against the run all year. And it's because they over pursue at the pass rush. They're so good at the pass rush that it actually hinders them. Because they're they're over pursuing, and then next thing you know, the running back is storming past them already in the secondary, 
and they're over there worried about the quarterback. And it's going to be tough because guess what? Daniel Jones isn't just no pocket quarterback neither. You got to worry about him as well. So I think that they're going to have the defensive line guessing. The offensive line is healthy for this game this time around. I expect them to create larger holes. I expect them to give Saquon Barkley what he needs and him to absolutely exploit it, make a man miss, have a bunch of games. So, yeah, give me Saquon Barkley over 70 and a half rushing yards. It's an extremely conservative number. I think I would ladder him up to what, 90? Oh, I take him all the way to 100. Okay. 80 plus 142, 90 plus 220, 100 plus 320. If we win this game, I'm telling you, it's going to be off good defense and running the football, maintaining clock. And he could always break one. Always can break one. He broke one last week. Mm -hmm. So. I'm going to say Colin Barkley have a really, really good day on the ground. And, you know, I had to go back to the Chiefs game and I had to go to my guy. Very, very, it feels very, very chalk on these props for me. Your guy. But, I, can't, I can't believe you're, out, you're giving out an Evan Ingram prop. I'm shocked. Bullshit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes over two and a half passing touchdowns. I truly don't know how this Jacksonville defense is going to stop this man. The only way I lose this is if they... Run, run the, the ball, ball at the ball. one yard line. Yeah, like that's gonna that's what's gonna piss me off. But it's so many times that they're at the one yard line and they'll do the touch forward pass where it still goes down as a passing touch. The underhand Mahomes. shovel with Kelsey in motion. I think Patrick yeah. Mahomes has a master class of a day off a bye against this excuse me, horrid, horrid defense of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Give me Mahomes plus money, plus one oh six, two and a half, I'll take it. Yeah, I think that's a good price as well. Uh, looking at mine, I'm going to stick with that Chiefs game against the Jaguars. Give me Christian Kirk, over 63 and a half receiving yards. This number's way too low. He's had at least 78 receiving yards in each of the last two games. In must-win games for this team, they have constantly gone to their big money wide receiver, and Kirk's come through. Plus, I think Kansas City might kill this team, so I like the game flow, potential garbage time, and you might see them air it out in the second half when they need to. He's been on the field for 96% of the offensive snaps or more in each of the last two games. And in the regular season meeting, he had nine catches for 105 yards and two touchdowns. He was great against the secondary in the regular season. I like the game flow for Jacksonville because I think that they're going to have to play catch up again in the second half. 63 and a half for the number one wide receiver on their team, I think is way too low. Give me the over for Kirk. All right. Uh, my second one going to the Giants game. I'm going to pivot to Darius Slayton over 44 and a half receiving yards at minus 115. 44 and a half. Really? Like, I understand the argument of Slay and Bradbury on the outside. The Giants are really not afraid of just alternating who plays in the slot. They're not afraid of really just moving receivers around to get them open. And Slayton's also a big play guy. He had a very good game against Minnesota, had 88 yards, should have been 100 and change. He had that brutal drop on third down, which could have iced the game. He should have finished north of 100. But Slayton's been very solid. If you go through the numbers, he's had at least 58 yards in nine of the last 14 games. He's been targeted at least six times in six of the last nine games. And he's been on the field for at least 83% of the offensive snaps in eight of the last nine games. The only exception, week 18, when the Giants bench their entire team. Slayton's on the field all the time. He's been a big play guy for this team. You mentioned Hodgins is a bit banged up. Maybe we'll see Slayton get more targets. 44 and a half for a guy that's had 58 or more in nine of 14, I think it's a great deal 
I'm taking the over on Slay, and that number seems way too low. All right. Is that and my third one, I'm going to pivot to the Eagles. Going with Devonta Smith, my fantasy guy. I'm going to take him over 63 and a half receiving yards as well at minus 114. He's had at least 64 receiving yards in each of the last six games, and he's had at least 64 yards in each of the last three games against the Giants dating back to last season. The Giants secondary last week, let's be honest, it wasn't very good. It was good enough to win the game. They shut down Jefferson with bracket coverage in the second half. You can't really get away with that now because you have A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith, where I think Thielen's cooked. So I thought that they were able to kind of double team Jefferson the entire second half. Smith's been so good against this Giants team, and he's been so good in general. I think 63 and a half is too low. I'll go with the over. And you're you're probably putting a dory on AJ, so you might pivot and see Smith in some good op- opportunities against the second or third corner. I uh, I don't know which part. I'm assuming uh, we agree a dory is going to be on AJ Brown, correct? No, that's what that's what I was. Conf- I, I don't know. I, I'm interested to see how they handle that in this playoff game. Do they? Do they pivot? Because Adori is a fast, like a very, very fast corner. And he can keep up with Devontae Smith. So do they, I, I'm curious to see how they play this because one of those guys is going to get a double. The other one is going to get probably an island with Adori for a good portion of the game. I'm interested to see how they play it. I'm not going to lie. I'm going based on trends. He's one over in six straight, three straight against yeah. the Giants. I, I just think for Devontae, who's been so good for the last month and a half, 63 and a half does seem very, very low for his number. And I think after what happened in the regular season meeting, where they gave up eight point something yards per carry, four touchdowns and 250 something yards, I think, as you said, the Giants will force Hurts to beat them with his arm. And I think you'll see some one-on-one spots for Smith. Yeah, I like it. No, I think it's a pretty decent play. I hope it misses, but I think it's a decent play. In a way, I think you, you might be okay if it hits because that means they won't run the ball well at all in this game. Yeah. So. All right. Scott, you want to do a DFS lineup real quick? Yes, I already have mine prepared. Oh, so you were prepared. I wasn't prepared. You did just the Saturday one? Uh, yes. Okay. All right. By the way, that's a separate rant that I got to get into quickly. And I can say the name of the book because I'm roasting the book. So I, I can get away with this because I'm I'm bad mouthing a competitor of win. FanDuel. What the hell is wrong with you? How do you put out a contest for Saturday football and then refund everybody on Saturday? How do you wipe an entire con- contest? What happened to guaranteed prize pools? How do you void an entire type of contest? When you have hundreds of thousands of entries in a contest, that's ridiculous. And my con- and my lineup was very good last week, so I'm especially annoyed. But I have to at least put them on blast temporarily because a lot of people on Twitter were complaining about it. It was the lineup that I made on that platform. You can't just delete a contest with a guaranteed prize pool because you have too much overlay. That's a bunch of nonsense. So that's my brief rant. FanDuel, you should be ashamed of yourself. That's my rant. Yeah, that sucks. I don't know if you knew that story or not, but that was a huge issue over the weekend. I did not hear about that. That's insane. FanDuel refunded everybody. 
and they just were like, oh, no, doesn't matter. Uh, your contest entry has been voided. Here's a refund. They, they didn't even open up another Saturday contest. There were no DFS contests on FanDuel for Saturday. That's ridiculous. Yeah. But I had to I had to mention it because that's that's an embarrassment. But anyway, uh, do you want me to just read off my lineup while you create yours? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so my quarterback, I'm going with your player prop. I'm taking Patrick Mahomes. Uh, his salary is about ninety two hundred. I think he's going to kill this defense. I wanted to make a case maybe for Hertz or Jones for the rushing upside, except Mahomes also has some rushing upside, not as much as those two guys. But I think Mahomes at home is in line for three, four passing touchdowns. His player prop for yards is 315 and a half. Like, I think he's going to have a phenomenal game here. So give me Mahomes over uh, for pretty much all of his props, which is why I'm going to also take him as my quarterback. I have ETN as my running back here at 6,800. I wasn't a great, a big fan of him in this spot, but considering the other running backs in his price range, I thought it was a good deal. So I'll take ETN for the good deal and hope he breaks one and potentially scores a touchdown. My other running back, I got to do it. It's Boston Scott. It's 4,800. It's such a low salary for a guy who's historically been so good at reaching the end zone against this team. And I think that Scott's a good salary option for cheap. He's going to be 50-something percent owned, maybe more. I can't really say no, though, because the salary at 4,800 is just so low. I got to take it. Those are my running backs. For my wide receivers, I got Christian Kirk. I think it's a good matchup. He torched Kansas City in the regular season, and he's obviously Trevor Lawrence's favorite target. I'll go with him at 7,600. I got Devontae Smith at 7,400. I might pivot off of him, but I do like how he's played lately, and it seems like Hurts really loves throwing him the ball. So I'm going to go with him. And my last one is Isaiah uh, Hodgins, who... I know he's injured. I thought about maybe pivoting, but he's so good. I, I kind of had to include him. If I was going to pivot, I'd maybe pivot to, to Kadarius Tony at 5,800. But I like the volume so much with Hodgins. And Hodgins' touchdown numbers have been incredible. To go through the numbers here, Hodgins has scored a touchdown in each of the last three games and five of the last six. So I think he's in line, assuming the ankle's not too bad, to score a touchdown. And then that's why I'm going to take him as my other wide receiver uh, to go through my tight end. I got Kelsey. Give me the stack of all stacks. Kelsey's been quiet. I think he's going to go be in line for a touchdown here. Give me Kelsey and Mahomes stack together for my flex. I'm going Marvin Jones Jr. He was on the field a lot in that last game. I had him in my DFS lineup, which didn't exist in the end, but he had a touchdown. So Jones kind of came through for me there. And for my defense, I'm going Kansas City. You mentioned a potential touchdown. I think that they're going to sack him a couple times and Lawrence threw a couple interceptions through four last week. I think he's in line to throw for two. So give me Kansas City defense. I'll run through all those guys once again, but uh, do you have a lineup prepared or do you need me to buy more time? No, no, I'm good. I'm ready. Okay. All right. Kicking things off, Patrick Mahomes. You know I got him in the spot. My guy, correlated play. Playing the running back with the defense, so I'm going Barkley, Barkley yeah. with Giants defense. I think the Giants defense is going to come alive. They're going to really limit the Eagles. I'm also going to another running back in that game, but not the one that starts and not the one that everybody likes. I'm going to Kenny Gainwell. Kenny Gainwell has been a thorn in our side. He's been able to to uh, break a few runs off of a score in the end zone. I think that he's a quietly 
has a pretty good chance of being the running, best running back on the day just because of the change of pace he brings and how they like to use him against us. Yeah, my platform had Gainwell being 300 more expensive than Boston Scott. Yeah. So for that price differential, I got to take Scott. I thought I about Scott, Gainwell too, though. I think Scott is actually more. Yeah, Scott is more in this one. As well. He might be a sucker play, but at the end of the day, when you're 300 less than Gainwell, I was going to pick whoever the backup running back was anyway. I'll take the yeah. cheaper one. Richie James. That So Gainwell and Richie James are my $2 million players here. If those two players hit, I think that this this lineup has a great way, a great chance of hitting. And it's just Richie James gets some work in the slot. He's going to be seeing that, uh, you know, the replacement for Maddox in the slot, which has really, really been a thorn in the side for the Eagles. They really miss Maddox. So hope, they're hoping he comes back in this game. I don't think he's coming back. Do you think they Christian, keep James in the slot or do you think they potentially move Slayton or somebody over into the slot? So it they've never it's never been like one person has been in the slot. Yeah. It's like everybody mm-hmm. plays everywhere on the field. And that's what I like. It's just that when Richie James is in the slot, Daniel Jones has finds a way to get him the ball. It's really just does he catch it or not? And so hopefully he doesn't have the drops this game. But I brought it up because the platform I'm using has James at 5,900 and Slayton at 5,700. And I have no idea why James is 200 more expensive than Slayton. I think, uh, I don't know. I couldn't tell you that at all. Okay. Maybe it's just because the fact that we spread the ball around so much that you really don't know who. And James might primarily be in the slot, but I, yeah. I just don't know why he's 200 more expensive than Slayton. That I can't really understand. No, if I could afford Slayton, well, I actually can't afford Slayton in this lineup. But the only reason I didn't do Slayton is because Slayton's best game with the us against the Eagles was... He had like 42 yards. Here. He didn't do anything. No, I mean, I'm talking about like... Oh, ever. Back. Yeah, he, okay. his first game against the Eagles, he had 152 and two touchdowns and never got to that number again. So I just, I, I just can't trust... Darius Slayton against this secondary, but I like Richie James and his possibility of getting the third worst corner, most likely. Do you like Hodgins or are you afraid of the ankle? Oh, I, oh, I like Hodgins. I, okay. I would play Hodgins too, but I think Hodgins is actually too expensive for this lineup. Yeah, Hodgins is is the highest priced on this book. Yeah, I didn't ask for feedback on my lineup, so I was kind of wondering if you were pivoting off no, of no, Hodgins no, no, for the no. ankle or not. The, yeah, I love the Hodgins play. I think Hodgins and Richie James... If we find a way to move the ball through the air, I think it's probably between those two. Okay. Christian Kurt, not really anything else to say there. Juju and Travis Kelsey to round out my Mahomes stack. And then Flex went Dallas Goddard. Double okay. Tight end. I like it. Dallas Goddard. Yeah, he, he, we, we can't guard the tight end, man. It's really, really bad. Dallas Goddard kills us. One of the favorite targets of Jalen Hurts. I think it's a good play there. And I already told you I'm playing Giants defense. So to round out my team before we get into our lock at any time touchdown, Patrick Mahomes, Saquon Barkley, Kenneth Gainwell, Richie James Jr., Christian Kirk, Juju Smith-Schuster, Dallas Goddard, Travis Kelsey, and the Giants defense. Scott, what is your lineup? Uh, so my lineup, uh, once again, I might make some changes here and there. I'll see how Hodgins' ankle progresses throughout the week. But I got Mahomes, Boston Scott, Travis Etienne, Christian Kirk, Devonta Smith, Isaiah Hodgins. I have Kelsey, Marvin Jones Jr., and Kansas City defense. All right. Lock and anytime touchdown to finish up the slate. You want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Oh, come on! You know I got to. Now I'm just I'm just teasing. So <laughs> it's like a running joke at this point. At know? this point, I mean, I'm. These are my guys. I can't not make both of them my lock. So my lock is going to be a parlay. 
Oh, man. This is going to be funny. I'm playing Chiefs minus eight and a half. And I'm playing Giants money line. My lock is plus 630. Okay. So, y'all can call it what you want. You can play one, play the other. You cannot listen to me at all. There's no way that I'm handicapping a day and I'm not going with my guys and the conviction that I have behind them. Kansas City minus eight and a half, New York Giants money line plus six thirty. That's my lot. I will have that bet ready to go and fired off by Saturday. Anytime touchdown. Let's go with the game that I don't think is going to be low scoring. And I'm going to go ahead and say... I already gave out the Mahomes plus two and a half. So let's just go ahead and give out Patrick Mahomes anytime touchdown three to one. Okay. For me, my lock, I'm actually going to go with a teaser. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Uh, minus two. I'm going to tease them down. Six and a half point teaser. Pays out at like minus 125, minus 130. I'll take the Chiefs at minus two, and I'll take the under in the Giants-Eagles game. I'm going to tease that down from 40. Uh, tease that up, I mean, from 48 to 54 and a half. So give me Chiefs minus two and the under 54 and a half in that Giants-Eagles game. The two-pick teaser pays out at around minus 125, minus 130. And for my anytime touchdown score, I had a couple options. I thought about taking Hodgins just based on recent results, but that ankle is a bit concerning. Mm-hmm. But it's plus 265. That's such mm-hmm. a good price yeah. for a guy that scored in three straight and four of the last five. Yeah. I'm not taking Boston Scott at 340. That's that's too that's too public-y. I don't know if I can get away with that. I'm going to go – I'm going to do it. I'm going to trust my instincts here. Give me Hodgins at plus 265. All right. Anything else for the people for get up out of here? No, not really. Should be fun. Looking forward to the Saturday games and the Sunday games. Hopefully, we cash our parlay-keyser, whatever works for us. Hopefully, we sweep the board. And not sure what the schedule will be next week. We'll be back for the NBA gambling podcast on Friday. But either way, hopefully, one of us wins the Millie in DFS. And until next time, enjoy the NFL playoff games in the divisional round. All right. If you're not subscribed to the NFL gambling podcast on YouTube, make sure you like comment, subscribe there. Uh, NFL gambling podcast in YouTube. We have SGP and NFL on Twitter. Make sure you follow us there. Leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcast, Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcast, leave us a review. And I mean, other than that, the New York Giants are in the divisional round against the Philadelphia Eagles. Mindful, six and zero versus one seed since nineteen ninety. Oh man, I can. I'm going to let you know. If they beat the Eagles, there might be an emergency pod. There might be an emergency pod. I may just get on here and just start talking. There should be some type of an agreement, by the way, that if you beat the Eagles. You and Ryan hijack the Die Hard Eagles podcast for a week. Oh, that would that would be fun. That would be fun. I gotta uh I gotta see what, what they would talk about our punishment would be, but that'd be fun. Definitely hijacking the die hard. Just saying, if Sean's not listening to this, I edit that show. So if you actually recorded something with Ryan, maybe I could upload it to the feed. Maybe. Oh, all right. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate okay. So me and Ryan are gonna talk about that because I'm telling you. I've laid out the path to the Super Bowl already. 
and I promise you the hardest game is the NFC Championship. Again. I'm assuming you're rooting for the Cowboys, right? Because you don't want to face off against the Niners. Uh, besides all the extra... I mean, we've owned the Niners in the playoffs. Well, I was going to say, besides the extra fun of beating the Cowboys in the NFC title game I to go to a Super Bowl. Thing. I think that's the only thing, is just that my heart wants to beat the Cowboys again. I don't want to see the Cowboys win it. I figured you'd want them but... because we both think the Niners are a much better team than the Cowboys. I think that I think Brock Purdy's going to have issues with us. I think we're going to yeah with you, but I'm saying in general, I think you'd agree that the Niners are probably a better team overall than the Cowboys. Oh, oh yeah, for sure, for sure. So then, I, I fully expect, theoretically an easier matchup. So when I wrote down the path, I said because I told I gave out the Giants to get to the NFC um, to get to the Super Bowl by winning the NFC Championship at 30 to one, and I said that the most realistic path is that we get a rematch against Minnesota and we beat Minnesota. We get a rematch against Philly, and we beat Philly, and then we go and we have a matchup against the Niners where we just historically are really good against them in the playoffs. Or a rematch against Dallas. Yeah, and if I get a rematch against Dallas, then I'm like, oh, all right, because Tampa Bay was never in that conversation for me, by the way, just so y'all know. No. I mean, even though I wanted Tampa Bay to win, like I never, I just assumed that the, either they beat Dallas and lost to San Francisco or they lost to Dallas and didn't make it anyway. But I, I made money on their unders all year long. That was a horrible football yeah, team. Yeah, I never had anything on Tampa Bay getting to the NFC Championship. However, I like our odds against all three teams that are left. I like our odds against all three teams that are left. And that feels confident. Like, that gives me confidence going into that. And sometimes that's what you need. You just need a little bit of confidence. So I personally think the Niners are a horrible matchup for you, but we'll see what happens. I'm prom- I promise you, if we win this game, I will record whatever feed is on. I will record an emergency pod with my voice probably gone, and I will just start talking shit. That's it. I'll edit it right. if you need somebody to edit it. So there you go. Appreciate it. I appreciate it. See, look, it's going to get out here, people. We're going to make sure you get this content. All right. Other than that, I have nothing else to say, nothing else to do. Try to give you your time back. And I really don't know how I'm going to end this podcast other than Buck Billy. Let's go Giants, our way, we're out of here.